0: A few years ago, our family began a tradition of of setting up our Christmas decorations as close as we could to the first weekend of Advent, depending on when Thanksgiving fell that year. And then we would leave them up for as long as we could, kind of get the most out of Christmas as we could, until Epiphany. Now traditionally in the church calendar, in the liturgical calendar, Advent, it ends on Christmas Eve, so in a few days, in the season of Christmas really begins on Christmas Day, lasting for 12 days until Epiphany, the day when we we celebrate the arrival of the Magi, or as we affectionately refer to them in most pageants or nativity scenes, the wise men. Now, the Magi, they were the last to arrive at the manger. In fact, most believe that they didn't really arrive at the manger at all. They came well after Jesus was born. Some think maybe a few months later, some think a year later, as long as as maybe two years later. But just like the others who were there that we've been talking through during this Advent season, the innkeeper, the shepherds, Mary and Joseph, the journey of the Magi to the home where Jesus was born has something to teach us. The Magi, they, they remind us that no matter how far along our journey of faith we think we may be, whether it's just beginning or whether it's a journey that we have been on for years and years and years. This journey is an adventure. Their story, it invites us to take risks on that adventure, to, to find joy on that adventure, and to ask questions along that adventure. Most likely, the Magi, they were traveling from from the east, so from Persia or somewhere around modern-day Iraq or Syria. And it makes sense then that their journey would have have taken some time. So starting in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, we read this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, when, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chiefs, chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them this. He asked them, where is the Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, you were. Know, And he said to them, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star, the same star that they had seen before, when it rose, it went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was when they saw the star. They were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures, their gifts, and they presented him with with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So when I picture the Magi, I picture a a group of scholars walking around, probably wearing robes, using language that the, the common person probably wouldn't quite understand to debate really, really important issues now, it probably says something more about me, or uh, more about what I read and more about where my life stage is with my kids. But, but when I picture the, the Magi, I can't help but see the Jedi from Star Wars or the professors from Hogwarts and Harry Potter. These were highly educated people. They studied everything from astrology to history to, to poetry. They knew psychology and philosophy. They listened to stories from near and far, trying to make sense of everything, really looking at the big picture of life. So for a moment, put yourself in their place. You probably would have heard at least one or two stories about a Messiah. You spent hours and hours studying, and probably just as much time walking around with your friends at night, kind of unpacking what you had studied, asking deep questions, looking looking up to the sky and and looking for answers. And and then one night, you see something unlike anything you've ever seen, a bright light that resembles a star, but you're not so sure. So what do you do? What do you do? How, How would you respond? Tomorrow night, we will be treated to a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that might not be all that different from what the Magi saw that evening. About 30 to 45 minutes after sunset, uh, Jupiter and and Saturn will, will appear on the southwestern horizon very close to one another. They'll come together, be very close to one another, and it's something that the scientists refer to as as a great conjunction. It happens every 20 years, actually every 19.6 years, but tomorrow is the incredibly rare, meaning that the two planets will be closer, or at least the closest that we're able to observe, than they've been in 800 years. And the two planets will look like one very, very bright star except they won't be twinkling like the other stars because they're, they're planets. So that's how you'll know it's, it's different. Now, some refer to this phenomenon as the, the Christmas star or the, the Bethlehem star for obvious reasons, but we'll never know if it's exactly what the Magi experienced. And yet, at the very least, it gives us an idea of how the sky may have looked that night. So, so be sure to head out right after sunset and to, to look up. The Magi, they show up to Jerusalem, which was the, the logical place to go if they were looking for the king of the Jews. And, and they, they start asking around, kind of working the streets, to, to see if, if anyone had seen or anyone had heard of this, this newborn. Herod hears that they're in town and he invites them to come for a visit. Now, they had no specific reason, at, at this point at least, to stay away from Herod, but there was inherent risk in going to visit the one who would be threatened most by a new king. They couldn't have known how Herod would respond. They couldn't have known what he was going to say to them. They couldn't have known what he was going to ask of them, or if he would help or even hinder them along their journey. But they take a risk and they still go, so they go to meet Herod. From all that we know about the Magi, it was a calculated risk. Remember, these were the highly educated people who probably just didn't flip a coin in the air to make important decisions. They probably analyzed every decision they made. I think there's a bit of a lesson for us in the beginning of this journey for them. Seeking Jesus means involving and taking calculated risks for us. Now, I don't think it it, it means living recklessly or or kind of throwing caution to the wind, especially in a season like the one that we're living in right now. But I am I'm reminded of the letter from Martin Luther that that was floating around in the first few months of of this pandemic. And it was one that I, I quoted at some point earlier in the year. He was he was writing to a friend but writing to a friend who is also in ministry, reflecting on his role around the bubonic plague that, that was there around 1527. And, and he writes that he would ask God for protection, that he'd take all of the preventive ne- preventative measures necessary that, that the doctors and scientists recommended, and that he would encourage others to do the same. And, and then he writes this. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely as stated above. See, this is such a God. This is such a God-fearing faith because it is neither brash nor foolhardy and does not tempt God. God God-fearing faith, neither brash nor foolhardy. One that doesn't tempt God. What a great definition for faith that involves calculated risk. After leaving Herod, the the Magi, they they see that star again, and it leads them to a house in Bethlehem. Now, I used to read the story of the Magi with the star appearing at the beginning of the story and then reappearing after they had gone to to Herod, and, and I read it with plenty of skepticism. I mean, how convenient. The star just shows up whenever they, they hit the road, whenever they, they begin their adventure. How convenient. But while reading about what's going to happen tomorrow night with Jupiter and Saturn, I, I found out that it's, it's possible for a cosmic event like this to be visible for an entire week or sometimes more than a week. Which is the case this year, is the case this time around. This conjuncture, it will be the brightest tomorrow, but it would will continue For for a week, so you'll be able to see it all week long. Scripture tells us that, that the Magi, they're overjoyed when they see this star, and that that joy overflowed on their journey, but then it overflows even more as they get to Mary and Joseph and Jesus as they worship. They bring gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which is where we usually get the idea that there were three wise men. But but scripture doesn't say that there are just, just three. It just says that they brought three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And while they're there, they're, they're warned in a dream to take a diff, different path home, to not return to Herod. The star leads the Magi on an adventure that, that invites them to ask questions, both along the path as they, they search for Jesus. And I imagine as they question what, Jesus' birth meant in relationship to everything else they had studied. It it carried this adventure, it carried calculated risk. And it also involved great joy that led to worship. Friends, may we see our journey of faith, friendship, and service as the same type of adventure. Amen.